Get ready to face my wrath, Crash Bandicoot! <laughs> Welcome and hello to Level Select, your audio destination for focusing on the iconic, the great, and the big fish little pond levels of video games. Sections, acts, missions, chapters, and of course levels. Any way to dice up a video game into segments, we can cover it. I am your host Robert and golly, it really took a Crash Bandicoot 4 announcement to get me back into this podcasting horse in particular. I am not exactly alone here. Uh, you may think that because I didn't announce a special guest in the description, you may be thinking that I didn't note a special guest in the description, that I don't have someone prepared to um, provide some vocals um, to this podcast episode, but you are wrong. That said, what is on our plate this week? R. Lee Emery. Crash Bandicoot! Wrath of Cortex, the original fourth Crash Bandicoot game, was released on PS2, Xbox, GameCube, November 1st, 2001. Keep that in mind because the 2020 Crash Bandicoot game is set in 1998, so technically this game is before Wrath of Cortex, which introduced Crunch Bandicoot. Who's that, you ask? Why, I'm glad you asked, because this buff Bandicoot is what if Venom was also Mr. T. You want me to keep going? Okay, the attitude of the 90s developed Crash with his jean shorts, or jorts for shorts, so, ah! So it only makes sense that in the 2000s to market to trendy and edgy young boys, you show a character in army camo cargo shorts. And I'm stopping myself there to talk about the official Crash 4 coming this year. Um, anyway, the announcement of Crash 4 was an expected one, but welcome one. The dedicated remake of the original Crash Trilogy sold very well, and so did the Spyro Trilogy. Crash Team Racing remake was also the next big confirmation for me and a bunch of others that Activision was far from done milking this stupid, stupid franchise I am cursed to love. And I bet you there's an official Spiral 4 coming from Toys for Bob or Beanox next year, the developers of the respective um, remake games. And of course, COVID permitting. It's predictable at this point to see the pitter-patter of that um, trend going, but I welcome it because, because, we are in the golden period of the Activision trend cycle. Once Activision realizes this uh, critically acclaimed quote-unquote thing they have can be made annually, they will. Let's uh, look at a, quite a few uh, case studies um, here. Activision ran the plastic guitar biz to the ground with multiple Guitar Hero games a year, 
and the cool sports genre with a decade of annual Tony Hawk games, and Toys to Life with annual Skylander games. Call of Duty, on the other hand, is the only thing that's survived past a decade. Sure, it has its ups and downs, but that cockroach is still going no matter how many bombs you drop on it. Speaking of bombs, it's funny how Crash 4 borrows some ideas from Wrath of Cortex. You have Ancient Mass playing into the plots, Quantum Mask vs. Elemental. You have auto-scrolling sections where you lean left and right to avoid things and pick up things or break crates and whatnot. The minecart in Wrath of Cortex or slide rails in 4. You have the introduction of a new playable character, Coco in Wrath of Cortex and Cortex in 4. Yes, I know you play as Cortex in Twin Sanity, but within the Toys for Bob canon, it's... First time doing so, yes. Um, I am now realizing the hell that I've wrought to the world, uh, detailing what is and isn't canon in Crash Bandicoot. Um, anyway, um, let's let's circle back to the game we're talking about. So the story goes: everyone's like, all the villains are tired of losing the Crash again. Uh, uka Need I remind you that Crash always finds a way to defeat us? Maybe he's just too good for us. Enough excuses! You five idiots need to come up with one good plan! Or else... How do I get into these situations? <sighs> this is real, like, oh, we're doing this again type energy going on. Because they're, like... in. Because later in the game, you have Cortex literally just saying, Crash Bandicoot, my old nemesis. How the heck are you? Still gathering crystals? Old habits die hard, don't they? You have him like out outright pleading in this one, one instance later on, like, when it's very obvious, it's like, okay, you're progressing along in the game, you're collecting a bunch of crystals. It's like every Crash game posits that you need to 100% the game to actually see the true ending. So Crash 1, you, 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 you just have to beat levels and eventually if you break all the crates, you get a gem. And every game afterwards would follow that same idea. So th th this is the idea of, of, of all like the Crash games of that, of, of that era where you not only had like cr crystals to collect or, or like your baseline like level completion thing, but also you have alternate routes and you would need special gems or not die at all in the level up to that point. If you die, then this death route would not pop up at all. And you'd either have to start from the beginning of the level or just carry on like normal. And these death, de death routes and these alternate pathways would lead you to different colored gems. And these different colored gems are all distinct. So you have the red gem, yellow gem, orange gem, blue gem, and so on. The, 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 the special gems would um, create pathways to an alternative, alternate area where you can collect an additional gem in this level. So it, it's not just collecting crates, it's also gathering the additional gem. And that's that's generally, like, this, this series is notorious for being short, but also you would have to be replaying levels. These are levels where you're not just like, all right, I beat it. I'm just gonna move on from it. 
these are levels where you have to like, all right, I got to figure out how to 100% it, complete it and find this this one gem for, for, from later on in, in, in the game to go back to the beginning of the game and see like, oh, this is where the red gem would be. If I got the red gem, I can hop on that gem and I can go to this alternate pathway so I can gain, gain another gem. It's 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 dense in that matter, and that obviously just helped with, with, the, with its replayability. So the premise continues on by saying like, oh no, the the the, the, the like oh no, Cortex got the the unlocked the cage of the elemental mask, or all voiced by wildly different people you do not expect to be in a Crash Bandicoot game, but it was the early two thousands and. Uh, you know, you just have the shrug at it, and so it's like, oh, you know what? That's neat. They they got Mark frickin' Hamill and Arlie Ermey in this voice cast, and, and Kevin Michael Richardson. Like, I, all right, sure, sure, why not? But the the whole idea of of its premise was like, we'll do we'll do warped again, but we're adding we're adding another Bandicoot, the Buff Bandicoot, and fill in what was supposedly missing. The running to the camera chase sequences from the original Crash Edit sequel, and boy, there are a lot of them for the amount of levels that they're rolling with here. One chase sequence in each world. Seriously, four out of five power-ups obtained in Warped are also in Wrath. I mean, Wrath of Cortex took everything from Warped wholesale. The overworld with its five sections and with five levels in each section, then boss fights. How you're introduced to bosses. The exact verbs you do in boss fights. Seriously, the water mask, which I would also add is um, Arlie Ermy for some weird reason. Why is he the water mask? They're gonna have to hang you out to dry when I get through with you! When there's a fire mask that's also voiced by Mark frickin' Hamill? Huh. Is it getting hot in here? Is it safe to be wearing that fur? It looks flammable! It makes no sense at all, but that's a whole nother thing. Seriously, the water mask fight is exactly like the end trophy fights in Warped. The air mast fight is exactly like engines fights and also in Warped. Not just that, it's the combat plane levels, the racing levels, and awkward scuba sections again. Just in a crappier version that's uh, on a next-gen hardware on the PS2 and GameCube and Xbox and all that. It it all reads like, like a game committing plagiarism to the paper they wrote years ago. And that's... that's... What I'm describing is a, is a carbon copy sequel, but and, and that's, that's exactly what Universal and Vivendi's game plan was when they booted Mark Cerny from this exact project in early 2000s. And yes, Wrath of Cortex at first was helmed by Knack creator Mark Cerny. In 2000, Universal slash Vivendi owned Crash Bandicoot and Spyro completely and were free from the quality control, I might add, and direction of Sony. Much like Spyro Unto the Dragonfly, Universal kneecapped development of Wrath Cortex. In a Gamma Sutra interview in 2006, Traveler's Tales co-founder John Burton notes, Each publisher has its own methods and procedures, and that takes time to get used to 
can be incredibly frustrating. Burton further states here, Wrath of Cortex was meant to be designed by Mark Cerny, who designed all the others and published by Sony, says Burton. Vivendi slash Universal fell out with them and we had to go from a free roaming game to a standard crash game with a reduced timeline, 12 months, and having to design the game ourselves from scratch. There's a YouTuber named Game Hunt who found some great tidbits about the original Crash Bandicoot um, 4 here, Crash Bandicoot Worlds. The original plan did not involve elemental mass, but man-made climate change for planets. One for extreme heat, one for extreme cold, a flooded planet, and one blocked out by the sun. All for the purpose of breeding species to extreme conditions for galactic conquests for the Villain, Ellie, Mental. You have a mind-controlled character who might also play into the plot. I'll play a little clip of that here from uh, YouTuber Game, Game Huts. Two, Coco's evil twin, separated at birth. Quoco was raised in secret by Neocortex. She doesn't know that Crash is her brother. She's controlled by a mind control device. It is shaped like a letter N and is attached to her forehead. She looks like Coco, obviously, except she has blue eyes instead of green and wears her hair differently. At the end of the game, Crash can destroy the mind control device and rescue his sister from the clutches of Neocortex. So a year-long development from scratch is how we got Crash Marble Madness. And you know what? It worked. It worked. The hamster ball traversal was a genuine highlight in Wrath of Cortex. It had the dumbest premise for a boss fight, but the execution, dare I say, was rock solid. You fight Crunch encased in rocks by the Earth Mask and a giant bowl. Rocks roll around as temporary hazards. If Crunch hits them first and find their way to crash, you, you get hurt. But if you knock them first, um, they can hurt Crunch. It's a very dumb premise that actually works out pretty well because the physics in the at atmosphere, um, hamster ball levels were genuinely enjoyable. Now, you're not coming to a, a crash game that, that's, that's known for um, 3D platforming and, and getting this modern day representation of Marble Madness here. But then again, stranger things have happened. I want to get into the developers of Wrath of Cortex here because it was made by Traveler's Tales makers of such fine games like Lego, Marvel superheroes, Lego, Batman, Lego, Lord of the Rings, Lego, Harry Potter, Lego, Indiana Jones. The list can go on. And I mention all those Lego games because, um, oh, I don't know. You know how Sonic Team is trapped um, cursed to continually make subpar and, and weird Sonic games. I mean, weird Sonic games that don't work much at all. Um, same can be said about uh, Traveler's Tales because uh, what have they been doing for the past, um, oh, I don't know, decade? So I mentioned Traveler's Tales because this, the same three people who are level designers or creative directors on Wrath of Cortex are also still there. <laughs> So you have James Cunliffe. Um, he was in the production side of things as a, as a Lego integration director um, for like a vast majority of the, of the, of the stints at Traveler's Tales. 
Then you have Arthur Parsons, um, game director, head of design, a lot of, a lot, a lot of like lead designer roles in the in the late late two thousands. Like it, it, it's like I, I'm I'm just gonna keep naming Lego games here because like, like if I say if I just say Lego, it's like immediately. Yep, got it. Good. Yep, that's exactly what I was thinking of. Like I don't have to get into detail. There's nothing really interesting else going on because like what else? What else we got? They, 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 they made, made the Bugs Life platformer game on, on in the late 90s. That's that's really it. That had to go off on here. That's it. Like, there are game programs on the Rafa Cortex, or there are leads on it. I mean, that's it, it's really it. So, you got Arthur Parsons, James Cunliffe, and John, John Barton. They're, they're, they're all still there. I think they are. They, they seem like it. They've been there for a while. So now we're actually getting to the actual pick. I spent way too much time watching these levels being played. So, so, so what is, I would say, the best level? Um, well, it's it's kind of hard to pinpoint because the best level or levels are kind of the atmosphere levels, but that mileage may vary and I feel like if you in just encapsulate the entire world, if, if you have to pick a particular world out of the five, I'm sorry, technically six, but those don't count because those are, those are bonus levels of it. But this is the massive majority of, the, of people you have to play, so I'm going off of that. So the five there, I would say world five. World five is the last one, and it it's 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 got the least amount of glutton in it. Most of it is pure platforming. You know, the, the thing that you came to the series for here. Much like Crash Warped, the later levels should be the most interesting to play and difficult. If you, it took, it takes these obtained powers and tests your ability to complete the level with the powers that you've earned. The flashy nonsense of before gets the boot and there was a lot of it. Each world before had these one-noted gimmicky levels World 1, 2, and 4 had plane levels that were tediously easy or annoyingly difficult. Seriously, like, it's my least favorite levels in Warped where it's like, oh, what do we do with the guy who jumps? Uh, put him in a, in a, in a plane. It's like, what, 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 do we do, what do we do with the guy, the guy who's fast? Like, I don't know, put, put him in a car. Okay, that's smart. That's great. Yep, I, I definitely want to do some dogfighting missions in, in my, my, my platformer. They're not fun. I don't find them enjoyable, and I don't think they would be enjoyable to everyone else. It, it, which is something that would break the, the the tedium of playing the base game of, of like, like, oh, you're just doing this again because it's a, a sequel to the previous game. Like, yes, but now we have different things. Now you can fly a plane, you can ride a tiger, you can, you can roll in this ball. It's, it's like, that's cool, but like... Is it fun? Is it interesting? Not really. No. So next you have Worlds 2, 3, and 4 had the underwater levels that made traversal too floaty as terrain in the foreground blocks viewing of the hazards like sea mines. It's, 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 it's bad. It's dumb. And again, it's just like, oh, we're just doing warped again. These are exact same scuba missions. You're either in a scuba suit and instead of like this weird like alien fish thing that fires missiles, you're in this little personal submarine thing that, that, that fires missiles in the exact same way as warped. 
It's just like, instead of just it's like, well, we're kind of, we're really just doing this again. Like, yeah, just, just, just like put crash in it in a vehicle instead of uh, with a fish, I guess. And it's like, okay, done deal. Cool. Great. Too many of those water levels. World three, four, and five had the awkward mech that looked a lot like the aliens mech, the, the, the power loader to be exact. And it also had a really bad targeting system that will that was replaced by the Wampa shooter after beating the fourth boss. Like really, like like the targeting on that is really imprecise. Like you have a like you you think you just put a reticle over an enemy and think it would work, but relative to the where you were in the stage, because it's a 3D platformer, and either you're behind the back or or stuff like that, it's, it, it's just the the 3D plane aspect about it just 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 made the targeting just really off and just it just didn't work. Then you had worlds two, three, and four um, have the Coco platforming levels, which were basically original Crash Bandicoot levels. Run into the camera, chase sequences, and all. No powers or sliding. You have a jump and an attack. Like that's that's primarily it. And 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 the levels do their job, and not in a remarkable way, but in a proficient way that I have to say that I have little issue with here. They're they're okay to kind of kind of good. Now I can go through each level and make note of which ones are good or not. Um, the ones I'll mention are fairly pretty good, but like calculating all these, World 5 definitely stands out. Let's see here. Yeah, World 1 has the first Fantasy Castle level with the dragon that chases you and the hamster ball fought boss fights. World 2 has a decent Coco level and the water level that transitions to a standard platforming section in a fl flooded factory. That was pretty good. I enjoyed that because I was expecting misery. And then all, all of a sudden, Crash gets out of out of his little bathyspear or personal submarine and you know just jumps straight out and it's like, oh, okay, so now we're actually going to the game that I wanted to play. Okay, cool. And the whole motif of it being a flooded factory, that is that is pretty neat, because World 2 is where you face Wawa, the 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 water mask. Don't talk back to me! I'll fix that attitude problem of yours! Then we can go on to the good World 3 levels, including the probably the best hamster ball level in an Eskimo role, and a more trap-laden fantasy castle level of the gauntlet. So like I said, World 1 has wizards and lizards, and then Rumber and the Rocks. World 2 has Bonsai, Bonsai, then H2, oh no. Then you have World 4's only good level, I would say, only good or, or like tolerable level, I would say, because like you're dealing with the, the air mass thing, which of course means like we gotta have three levels that put you in a dang plane. That is fun, right? No, it's not. And it's the only good level has you start in a personal copter to pilots and then you platform again in a, around a factory. The last level, every level in World 5 would be a standout in different worlds here. There are no outright bad levels in World 5, which is a low bar, 
yes, but if we're just looking holistically, World 5 has like the vi vi the, the, mo the most going on visually um, and also like it, it is a genuine challenge for, for, for some of these. And I'll get into that right now. World 5, you start out in, oh, I don't know, Crash and Burn. That's the first level you play and is also the concept level worked on by the team. Early footage of, 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 of the Mark Cerny-led Crash Bandicoot Worlds um, showed a lot of this particular level. It's not exactly like the same level, but you do see, oh, you're scaling a volcano. You're seeing molten rocks fire out of the sky. You go from the beach to the top of the volcano in, in the actual level. You see traces of machinery and pipes along the beach side and and, and all that. It, it, it's, it's, it's real... It's, it, it, there's a lot going on, and you can really get the, get the sense of, like, hey, there's a volcano erupting here, and there, there, there's just there's just a bunch of... And because you have a volcano erupting, you're going to see a bunch of lava everywhere, which is, lo and behold, another perfect opportunity to do some platforming. And in this particular level, you get the red gem on the death route. So in, in, in Crash and Burn, you do get the red gem here on a death route. Like I mentioned earlier, if you if you don't die in, in, in this level up to that point, the death route, route opens up for you, so you can go there and obtain the red gem. And it's it's just visually one of the most distinct and interesting backdrops of Wrath of Cortex um, up to that point near near, near the end. And it, it, it probably it's it, it's kind of obvious like this, this is this is the level that they they. they Traveler's Tales put in the most work in because, lo and behold, um, they didn't have to redo the entire <laughs> the entire premise and, and, and an idea of a game. It's like, oh, we already have this idea of a level. Why don't we just continue working on it? It's like, this one's already done. This was our tech demo. This, this was our thing to show at E3 um, type level. Next up, you have Gold Rush. Gold Rush is another. Gold Rush is, is, is probably the longest level like I, I've seen in one of the Crash games, and um, it's 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 cool Western pioneer setting um, that I just did not expect a one and done setting like this, where a lot of the enemies were not reused um, in this game. Like I was kind of pleasantly surprised by because there are set types of levels and. Backdrops that you can have. You got the fantasy. You've got the underwater. You got the factory. You've got the space station. You got the wintry levels. We you got the jungle levels. It's 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 all you know pretty cut and dry. And then you, th you throw in something like cacti, donkeys, and scorpions, all to to face down against along with vultures and and. <laughs> And like miners with dynamites, it's 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 fun. It's it's enjoyable, and you also get the return of the um, hanging hanging platforming sections where, where, where you you where you jump up and you, like all you do is just uh, do do the monkey bars thing. Then we can move on to medieval madness, which is it's it's a neat atmosphere or hamster ball level set in the set in the fantasy castle it has branching pathways sloped platforms nitro placed everywhere we have a pretty solid level here um it, it, it's it's i don't want to say it's the best atmosphere um hamster ball level 
but it, it, it is it's you know like because of it, it's, it's branching pathways and, and just in general try, trying to make things a little bit more difficult than, than usual um, in, in its level design it it, it, it kind of is like tied for me as the best hamster ball level and another thing to note here is you're, you're seeing old bosses from the original trilogy especially from warped again just show up and just be i don't know like used in, in the most like we don't know what to do with these art assets um in these in, in these character models why don't we just Put them in the most basic animation possible because we had no idea what to do with them. We wanted to include them because they were introduced previous in the previous game, but just like, all right, um, yeah, have Dingle Dial use this flame thing in in, in, in some areas to provide some additional hazards. Have uh, Entrophy just you know fire his magic time wand that, that, that chases you. It's 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 real. It's real pointless, and it's, it's like you could have just had like a, a lab assistant. You could have just had like a, a lab assistant come in and and and, and, and fulfill that role, but you, you you showed them in the beginning of the game, so you're you're trapped in a in, in, in a hard place where like you showed them, and you gotta incorporate them in the game somehow. But like now they're just boring minions, and I even got to the worst one. Like tiny tiger, like my god, the the big buff like tiger like thing that's just like all torso, not not even barrel chested, but just but just like like what you imagine T Rex arms would be. Those are their legs, and you have him here to just just all right. I'm just gonna like go back and forth and try try to like block your pathway. I'm not gonna do anything. Got all the strength. I'm not gonna use it for for anything. It, it's 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 just incredibly pathetic and i i just i it, it it just it just all reads to me that that like we, we we made all these assets we're gonna use them somehow um but we're just gonna do like a simple animation to them because i don't know we only have 12 months to make a game and ship it not just make it but like debug it and and uh, it's it, it just it, it just all reads to me or it's like oh this is another rush job this is another rush job, just like with uh, Spyro Enter the Dragonfly, which I covered in an earlier level select, also alone, because who else would be talking about this stupid game besides me? But besides that, if you ignore all that and just see like, oh, these are these are just random minions, you just just have it in your head like that, you know, just don't get excited for for seeing them and seeing like, oh, they're just another barrier, just another bunch of enemies. Who cares? And you know, the level's fine. Level's good. Next up, you have the Crate Balls of Fire. It's a good level set in the space station that starts out with the uh, hanging platform, uh, monkey bars, and transitions to crash in the mech suit I mentioned earlier. Um, so technically, this is a mech suit level. This uh, power, loader, power loader suit level. You do some side-scrolling platforming with the mech, but eventually you get into a chase sequence in the mech suits, it's a dumb idea. Again, like whenever this game has dumb ideas, it kind of works out. <laughs> it's a dumb idea and, and tries to change up the chase sequence by limiting you in the mech. You don't get out and and um, you know run faster because you're out of the mech. Like you know you're you're, you're strapped to it, and it's 
it's tolerable because the awkward platforming and attacking with the mech is far more limited here. It's a chase sequence with the awkward mech, but it's not terrible at all. It's 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 all right, you know. It's 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 interesting, but like it's probably I, I would say the weakest I World Five. But you know, like I, you know, like good on them for trying to find a way to make the mech suit work because the other ways, I it it was just more, far more visually resting to see like like oh it's crashing a power loader suit oh that's gonna be so cool no you're just gonna use it to shoot wumper fruit and. You know, run into crates. You 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 still get hurt by enemies if 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 you walk up against them, and there's 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 no purpose to have it. it it's just like, all right, we're gonna do it for a couple of levels, and then uh, yeah, I I have no idea what the else to do with it. Um, just 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 scrap it, scrap it. We'll we'll do another airplane level. Sure, why not? We'll do another racing level. Yeah, yeah, that th- that makes sense. But you're racing in a jeep. That yeah, sure. Why not? And the last level I'm going to mention is the Cortex Vortex. Um, probably the hardest straight platforming level. Lots of fire lasers and walls in between narrow platforms to hop across. You use the green gem to reach reach an even more challenging set of traps and enemies to navigate. Like piles of nitro scattered as the only way to get through are lab assistants throwing chemical beakers. So somehow you have to avoid the um, bouncy explosions, the bouncy crates that will explode once you touch it. And also enemies that are also throwing projectiles in the certain area. Um, if you get hit by the um, resulting explosion of it, you get hurt. If you get hit in midair, you get hurt. So it, it is a little bit of a delicate balance where... You have to figure out how to use your double jump and also your your extended spin to increase the amount of airtime you have and, 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 and just further navigation of that level. I really like this level. It, it is it is something where I, I, I wish more more crash games can 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 work with because I still think the warped is is probably half the half of the best crash game and half of the worst crash game. Um, I still think uh, Crash Bandicoot One is probably the worst one out of out of out of the original trilogy there, um, because I just do not like that game. It, it, it just didn't make sense. That's something for another time. And you know, like the, the idea of, of of warped, like I'm sure I'll also get in, involved with that too. But warped, just just like all that gimmicky stuff, just just didn't work for me. But like you're you. you you're, in- you're introducing all these different powers that you can use it in, in different ways. And like, what, what what's that used for? Like, oh, you're making the levels that were played earlier, like, easier. So there you have it. I, I don't know what else you want from me. So thank you on this indulgent, very indulgent journey that I uh, beset upon this audience here. I'm sorry. I am so sorry, but, uh, you know, I just really had a lot of opinions that I just wanted to share about Crash 4 and also the original Crash 4, and this felt like a good way to do so. So, thank you for taking... Wait a second. It's been an hour. Okay. Um, time to... Time to... I think it's time to edit this down. Time to edit this down. Time for plugs. Um, Arlie Army, uh, what would you like to plug? Ah! 
Get over here, you little orange sponge! That's not what I was expecting, but that works too. And Mark Hamill, what would you want to plug? I have a taste for some deep fried bandicoot. Good point. I am also hungry. So we will get out of here. The PNB Patreon on patreon.com slash PNB. Um, there you can see more of our garbage. Um, and we have a new goal of uh, having PNB Presents episodes like this out a week early on Patreon. So starting July 10th. So this next Friday, we'll have an episode already out and on top of a episode a week early as well. I want to try to set that up. And um, so you have this episode of Level Select and on top of the next episode of PNBFM, which is a personal one, which I am helming. And I once again, I'm sorry, it's going to be an indulgent one. So by July 10th, you should be receiving episodes early on the Patreon. Um, if you go by, I believe, at least the first tier, at least. We want to make it a little bit of an incentive. We have some additional stuff that uh, we're working on on the back end. But um, we're enjoying our time here, and I will stop and uh, get some food. Great recommendations, Mr. Mark. So that is my plug. And of course, stay tuned for our next episode of Level Select, Crash Bandicoot Worlds. Alone!